Welcome to Come Queens, the pussy positive podcast challenging cultural norms around our bodies, sexuality, and pleasure so that we can smash the goddamn patriarchy one conversation at a time. Boom. On this week's episode, we talk about white feminism, how systemic oppression intertwines with the feminist movement and how we can all work on ourselves to create a movement that truly represents all women. Um, if you're a returning listener, please be sure to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get our podcasts, your podcasts. It really helps us grow. Give us five stars. So, it's Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And we decided that that might be... A time to talk about white feminism. Yeah. <laughs> um, talk about race. Yeah. Because a lot of times when we talk about the patriarchy, you know, the patriarchy is a a men's problem in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, racism, I think, is a white people's problem. Right. But it gets shifted onto people of color a lot of the time. So, and we need to like look at ourselves and how we've contributed and still contribute in our everyday lives from the patriarchy, from racism. Yeah. Yeah, they're all linked. And like women are half of people. Yeah. So within that, there are tons of other groups mm-hmm. that fall underneath that. So, uh, I know one of the things that it's been really trendy right now with feminism is talking about the wage gap and they mm. always say like the 80 cents on the dollar oh yeah but that's just for white women yeah, right that's so for white women black women what do they make 70 black women is six, 61 jesus 61 cents on the dollar and latino women it's actually even less mm-hmm. at 53 cents um on the dollar so but uh, we we just seem to ignore that, <laughs> right? Yeah, and and that's and that was like a criticism of the women's movement, mm-hmm. the women's march. You know, obviously that came out of the election, and then it, you had it your just, pussy hats. Yeah, yeah. And we went to the march, and it was like a lot of white women in pussy hats. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. You know, that's um, definitely all the pictures I saw. Right. And I mean, I, I mean, I went to the one just here locally in Asheville, but that's, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes we might be ignoring, ignoring the struggles of black women and other women of color in the movement. And we kind of get focused on our own problems right which yeah if it doesn't directly affect us as white women we just kind of like overlook it yeah you know and you have to have those tough conversations and see your own biases and your own benefits from this um system yeah and in nearly every single i mean not nearly i think in every category that i've that i was able to research there's there's a difference. I did um, infant mortality, which I feel uh-huh. like we've been hearing about that a lot. With yeah. the, like I feel like the presidential candidates have talked about that, but it's yeah, infant mortality. Yeah, is Elizabeth more, Warren, I think specifically, like the debate was last night. Yeah. Um, and it's twice for per a thousand live births, four point nine white babies die and eleven point four black babies 
Um, and actually, um, American Indians is 9.4. So that one's super high too. The wealth gap. I mean, the, it's in everything. Mm-hmm. The wealth gap is, white wealth is like 10 times that of black wealth. Not just black women, but um, the average wealth is like $17,000 your net worth for black households and 171000 for white households. Wow. And it goes into, I mean, I think we know like sexual sexualization and mm-hmm. sexual abuse of black women. Um, black women are two and a half times more likely to experience physical and domestic um, and sexual violence from their partner, too. I mean, that's just, like, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. So. I mean, you have, like, especially the statistics with um, women dying during childbirth like, in America, you you figure, like, this should not be a problem. I mean, what, we are, quote-unquote, one of the most developed countries in the world. One of the richest. Great, great, richest, what are we, make America great again, blah, blah, blah. But, like, black women die at a rate four times that of white women in childbirth, in hospitals. Um, and that, it just comes down to, because black women are not believed when they talk about their symptoms. Right. And... It also is, like, historically, like, the myth that black women don't feel pain. Like, there was that whole thing. Yeah, I read that, too. And that's still resonant in American medicine, like, modern medicine. Right. That, like, on a pain scale, like, we'll think that black women are on a lower scale than white women. Um, And even, this affects even, like, the most influential and wealthy women of color. Serena Williams almost died with her recent child. Um, She was having blood clots after her C-section, and she had a history of these blood clots. So she knew what her body was experiencing. She knew. She told her doctor and her nurses, but they were still like, no, that can't be it. You know, you're just, you're probably just stressed right now. Like, you're under a lot of medicine. It's making you loopy. Don't worry about it. So she had to ask specifically and advocate for herself for a CT scan. And she had to wait and endured more pain that even split her C-section stitches open. Um, because of her coughing and the blood clots in her lungs that traveled there. Like, so she had to have four surgeries after they finally believed her, and she had a hepatoma because of this. Holy shit. I mean, this this woman is an amazing woman who is... A, well, and she's a wealthy woman, she's too. She's wealthy I mean... and famous, and her husband is the fucking creator of... Was he Twitter or Reddit? He's a huge tech guy. Like you would think these people with like so so much influence. Like, right? But no, it comes down to race and black women and women of color not being believed. Yeah, it's it's fucking crazy. Right. So we can take kind of like all of the things that well we deal with and then amplify them and then a whole other mm-hmm. host of things that we never have to deal with. Oh yeah, that we never even think of. Yeah. Like I remember. Um, just when I was in school and we had to read, we were reading a a journalistic study about how a lot of, um, moms tell their sons, like, if you go to a grocery store, make sure you ask for a bag, like, after you buy something so people don't think you 
have stolen something, you know. Oh, that that's something that black moms yeah. would tell their Yeah, their and, son. and the, mm-hmm. I d- had, like, I didn't even think about that because I always am like, oh, no, like, save the bag, whatever, I'm trying to save the planet. Right. You know, just let me, <laughs> just let me grab my shit, I'll put it in the car. But, like, if I was a person of color, holy shit, that's just a small thing but it's a huge thing that you have to worry about. Like, yeah. It's all these things that you don't even think about in every day that people of color have to constantly be on the lookout, like on high alert. Right. In ways because that... of little things that in ways that white people don't even have to worry about at all. Yeah. I feel like that one of my earlier exposures, like if you remember that, I think it's unpacking the knapsack where it has it, it just talks about like things you don't think of that. Yeah, that you deal with as mm-hmm. a as a person of color, like things that white people don't see. Because like that's the thing about whiteness. The biggest power to it is that it's invisible. Yeah. Yeah. It's just we're you know, we're the automatic mm-hmm. in in that sense, you know? Um so but yeah, I remember one of my friends recently this one's in Unpacking the Knapsack, but he was like, I just realized band-aids are for white people. Oh, yeah. You know, like things that you don't ever uh, encounter in your life. Um, I don't know. And I feel like the feminist movement specifically has been, well, it's been historically um, not inclusive. Mm-hmm. Like back to, I, I was reading about um, Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton, who are like heroes who, ha- who have, that been, we taught, about in have school. been taught to me as heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both of them said some really, really fucked up shit. Makes um, sense. During the, well, during, with, like, basically saying black men aren't going to get the vote before white women. Mm. Oh, and that, I mean, and that whole thing has historically been a huge issue that I think we see going on all the time, too. Oh, yeah. Like, the pitting of black men against white women and like black men have been falsely accused of rape you know Emmett Till like that's a white woman lied and said that you know she she said on her deathbed that she he didn't whistle at her and he yeah. was he was lynched because of that right so she held that ugh, that's yeah, yeah. It's disgusting. It is. And and you see it all the time. And I feel like it's so hard even now, too, like, as these other things, you know, like Cosby, I feel like, put us in a situation where, court, like, it was all these white women, mm-hmm. and, of course, we want to believe women. But also, like, I, kn- I know for sure that the way that Bill Cosby was treated after that is different than how a white man would have been treated after that. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, like, even, like... Even Louis C.K., like, he's huh. still doing stand-up. Yeah, we've forgiven him. We've forgiven him. I mean, I guess you can argue that his actions were a little different. Well, then, like, Cosby. Then Cosby. But I always say Bill Cosby or Bill Clinton. That's always mm. mine. Bill Clinton's been accused of rape, like, I think 20 times in his life. And so, but, oh, yeah. you know, but Bill Cosby. Fucking Clintons, dude. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What a powerhouse they are. Right. And so, yeah, and silencing. So, I mean, there's, of course, so, well, and black women, right? They're the mothers of black men, too, Mm -hmm. who are dealing Mm -hmm. with, I mean, and they're endangered. Their children are endangered. And so you have to understand that, where that's coming from. And we were talking about, I mean, hopefully our listeners know about white privilege. You know, if you just 
you can there's tons of material you can read on it and if you yeah. and if you don't know then educate yourself but white feminism um i found two definitions one is that white feminism is a racist ideology that claims to speak for all women mm-hmm. while ignoring the needs of women of color and suppressing their voices and the other definition was white feminism sees gender as a separate issue from all other identities hmm. but you cannot it is impossible to separate blackness from being a woman like that yeah. because you're you know what i mean you're both in those situations and yeah and it's not just race i mean you need to understand race gender disability class is a huge fucking thing and sexuality and how they all intersect like yeah gender identities is, too this is how you make feminism the most impactful and effective well that's what drives me crazy about um like the feminist movement in general is i'll just be like but we have numbers on this is what i always say to myself i'm right. like how's the patriarchy still in control we got the fucking numbers we, man. we're, we're 51 percent. yeah like, we should be winning but the reason why we aren't winning is because we can't... We're not acknowledging everyone. Right. Yeah. And that a lot of that falls on white women. I mean, white oh, women are yeah. responsible. White women elected Trump. Elected Trump, 53%. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's like, you know... And, and I think it's our responsibility as white women to deal with that. To You know, because... Yeah. We need to start talking about this shit, and yeah. we need to start showing up for people, and we need to start showing up for even causes that don't directly affect us. Yeah. But they affect other women, so we need to be there, you know? I, I... Don't just put your pussy hat on and call it a day. And that's what it seems... Yeah. And that's what it seems like. I, I went down this rabbit hole one night. I just started to do this research, and then it... Somehow ended up... Oh, because the Women's March. It was recently Mm -hmm. because the Women's March I knew would have been coming up again if they did it at the same time. And I knew that there had been criticism about the lack of diversity. So I looked at it. I looked into it. And it turns out that, you know, they're making an effort to try the organization to be more inclusive. And basically, they brought some black women in on it. Um, and they demanded that specifically this this woman that I was looking into is her name is Tamika Mallory and she was the co-president because she she said like we're not going to show up we're not going to be like tokens of this movement mm, mm-hmm. we want to be in leadership positions right that's a huge fucking problem yeah yeah and then she ended up and she even had to like she talked about her journey of having to even take on like the other co-president who was a white woman you know and like address like explain to them like why why it matters to, you know, why black issues matter to feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, she, then this controversy hits with her where she had a picture on Instagram where of her and Louis Farrakhan, and it said, she just wrote The Goat, like the greatest of all time, um, and posted it. And then she was on The View and basically they just like attacked her all these people attacked her because i guess Farrakhan has said some anti-semitic things and um and anyway like they basically were trying to get her to apologize for what for Farrakhan what said right because she was in a picture with him on instagram and hmm. Farrakhan's been a leader in the black community and she was like and basically she wouldn't back down um, she was a super badass about it, and she's just like, why would I disavow someone? Like, you don't ask 
Like, we don't ask white people to do that. To, yeah, exactly. To, to disavow every person, you know what I mean? Um, this is, again, like asking the only person of color to speak to, for their whole entire race. Yeah, and to, yeah, and to take responsibility for yeah. somebody who's not her. Like, we never ask... Um, and it was on The View, it was, like, Megan McCain. But, yeah, so, yeah, Megan McCain's husband is, like, work... He has an online newspaper that's very right-wing, very, you know, white supremacist mm-hmm. ideas on there. And, you know, she nobody ever asked her to apologize for that. I mean, you don't... Yeah, it's just ridiculous. And so she was, like... And then it just was, like, she was being called anti-Semitic. And I feel like we see that line specifically so often like look at Ilhan um Omar when she said some comment about Israel and they were like and she Mm -hmm. said talking about the Benjamins and she wasn't like making a Jewish reference she was talking about this I think she was referring to the song I I can only assume I don't know you know and so like that's the constant narrative so everyone attacked Tamika Mallory then Right after that, it was Martin Luther King weekend, and she was slated to speak at UNCA, which is UNC Asheville, where we live. And then all these people protested her. Um, but she went, I read a, an article written by a local rabbi who was a woman, but she actually offered to for anyone who wanted, could come have a discussion with her, like an open discussion, and work towards healing, and she could explain her point of view. Um, which... Props to her because, like, she's not responsible again for doing that right. emotional labor. But thank God we have people like that who right. will do who that. Are willing to do that, yeah. Um, so I have this uh, quote. I'll, I'm going to post the whole interview because she was on the Breakfast Club, um, the the radio program, not the movie. As I realized from a Facebook post <laughs> I made later to, earlier today. Um, so she said, "Our position is that it's not that white women are not oppressed." We do know that white women deal with oppression, but we also know that they are part of upholding systems of oppression against people of color, and therefore we need to make sure that those people are most who are most impacted are first, and that to us is a way of healing all of society. Like all of the inequities we deal with are addressed by, first of all, bringing people from the bottom up. When you do that, just by osmosis, everybody gets healed. So that's the whole model from the beginning. Address the people who are most impacted and the rest of the society will rise just because. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's that really can explain it to because I guess that that was the reaction of some of the, the white people who were working in the women's marches that they were just like, well, why should we care about this? You know? Right. Um but all of the systems of oppression are intertwined. Like, it actually does help white women. And white feminism doesn't necessarily just mean feminists who are white. It's it's the type of feminists who are not, um, yeah, who are only... Acknowledging people who are different than them, who well, also... And acknowledging yeah. their own... Right, their own biases their and bias. their own, how they've benefited. Because it's all of us. I mean, it's just like when people say not all men, it's like... It is all white people. Yeah. It's yeah, all of for us. Sure. There's no way that we couldn't have learned these things living in the society that we live in, living in a society, in a country that's been based on white supremacy from mm-hmm. day one. It's a huge, it's a huge thing. And I mean, I think it's definitely something that I, I mean, I've definitely been a part of it. Um, oh, yeah. 
we all have. Yeah. Um, this this article that I found um, is pretty great. It's a it's an article by the Didi Delgado on Median.com, and she talks about how like um, how to pay reparations if you're a broke ass white person. <laughs> it, it's a great article. I love um, that. But yeah, so like she's she's like in the last twenty years, some pretty radical concepts have uh, seeped into the mainstream, and she lists like right in the top: socialism, communism, intersectional feminism, and eating ass, which I love. <laughs> that's like the last one, which is great. I'm pro eating ass. Yeah. like that's fantastic. I um, don't want to eat it, but you can eat mine. Yeah, same, same. I know that's. I don't want to eat my husband's ass, honestly. No, I'm not I've, into it. I have spread the cheeks I've looked yeah uh I've smelled and then I've said no and put them back <laughs> put, the <cheeks> together. <laughs> put them back there but I appreciate him for uh eating us <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so like reparations has been something that uh the uh, democratic um nominees have been talking about recently shockingly which yes. is very interesting you know who first brought it up was dire Last night? Steyer last night, but who was the very first lady who's into the crystals and she's Oprah's? Oh, Marianne Williamson. I miss that bitch. Yeah. I miss her. Come on. Oh, she just wanted to defeat Trump through the harness and power of love. Yeah. Like, I miss that. <laughs> but she was the first person to bring up reparations, yeah. which is a fucking viable thing that America needs to do. Right. Um, back in 1997, Bill Clinton... Fucking, let's go back to the damn Clintons. He even said that it's an impractical idea. It's just not going to happen. It's impractical. I mean, I feel like that, and that's like... But it's not. Well, and it, people act like it's just like, oh, giving money. Like, when you look at... Uh, I'm a real estate agent, so I feel like that... Talk about an area where you see a huge disparity. Yeah. The racial disparity in our town, the gentrification that's happening here, it, yeah. it's... Wild. I live in a historically black community. This week I was just going, they're trying to build a highway through my neighborhood that's like the fourth or fifth time that they've taken land from my neighborhood. Um, yeah, it it's on a local level. Like it really gets me incensed. Mm-hmm. And we live in this like, and I think that that's really what white feminism is talking about too. We live in this quote unquote like liberal progressive town. Right, we're the liberal uh Little little bubble little here bubble in the of middle of North the Carolina, yeah, yeah, like where it's like, oh, we're all peaceful and hippie, and we, you know, a lot of white people dreads walking around. Um, I love this quote. <laughs> uh, I've seen it before circulating around. Maybe you manifested it. Maybe it's white privilege. Hey, like <laughs> Shout that out to all you Asheville people. That's for you because you're all manifesting your shit, but that's just because you have trust funds oh, and shit. shit. And I love that. Um, <laughs> you know, and I've encountered, I've encountered white people who try to tell me that, like, try to get me to feel bad for them for having white guilt or whatever. Like, mm, that... Okay. It, it's... It's mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, and, again, like, we are still... Um, but then again, like, guiltiness is a... Uh, there's no point to that feeling. Right. So if Action you matters. If you have white guilt, like, this article like it, yeah these are ways <laughs> that you can make steps towards making things right like just as, as something as small as like supporting black businesses locally black businesses which um, there and services like there's so many you yeah. just need to fucking do it there's a green Get book off Amazon. um yeah there's there's a green book that they 
uh, have for Asheville that shows all of the black businesses because that was unlike I mean there are definitely problems with that movie The Green Book but um, oh my god yes I didn't see it but uh, I didn't see it either but I it I just seems enough. like it's just whitewashing and it's like oh the white savior again right. yeah well and that's one of the problems the mm-hmm. white savior complex which I feel like we see a lot too like we've both worked in um like kind of like social work child mm-hmm. you know and you see feel like it is a lot of white ladies yes and it is so cringy how mm-hmm. these white ladies talk about children of color mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and judgment and oh it's like almost to a point where it's like fetish fetishizing fetishizing yeah is that fetishizing something yeah. like that it just feels so gross yeah I you worked know. with this one woman, and I never said anything to her face. Like, again, like, a I know, time and when I, I should have stepped up, and I was wrong, because, like, yeah. it's my... I think sometimes I'm trying to, like... I've been too cautious. Well, because I don't want to... I don't want to speak for black people, sure. and so I want to use caution when I'm doing that, but also, like, I didn't step up at times. I remember saying to my supervisor one time, this woman that I worked with was a psycho on so many levels, but she would, she would talk about... She would talk about the woman who worked at our front desk who was black, and she would, like, tell me about their conversations using, like, a black woman voice. Oh, no. Yeah. And I remember saying to my supervisor one time, like, if this fucking woman talks in her black woman voice to me one more time, like, I'm going to lose my shit on Mm -hmm. her. But I didn't. Like, I never did say anything directly to her, even though I was like, this is horribly offensive. But I was silent. And I think a lot of times we are. Yeah, we are. We're silent with our family. I mean, we all know. we. If you're white, you have somebody in your family, I'm sure. Who's a racist asshole, for sure. And those are just the people who say things. And that doesn't even get into the level of, like, microaggressions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, like, are just surface-level racist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, saying stuff out loud. Um but yeah, so what else did she think, what else did she say that we could do to be better? Uh, so as a broke-ass white person, you can donate time and labor, you know, just if you know any black people, yeah, you know, just like offer a ride somewhere, offer a ride to the grocery store. We yeah. know that uh, a lot of people of color live in food deserts and don't have you know, an actual grocery store with produce yeah. around. Um, you have your family dollars a lot, which well, those, is yeah. such a fucked up company, by the way. Yeah. You can just donate your money because poor white people still have more money than poor black people. That is just the fact. The median wealth for black black people with a college degree is still 70% of the median wealth for white people without a college degree. So, like, wow. again, like, talking wow. about Serena Williams, like, yeah. it doesn't, you know, I feel like we have this, like, lie in America that, like, if you work hard and you do these certain things, oh, yeah. you'll just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and... You'll make it, kid. Yeah. It's not fucking true. Right. It's not like true. You're... It's never been true, honestly. Well, never, never. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, we can donate our labor... Your time. Um, time. Use your white coupons. I I love this. Like, this is uh, what she talked about. White coupons. So, like, white people just have power in everyday life. Like, the the Karens of the world talking to (laughs) managers. If you see, like, a person of color trying, like, engaging in a uh, Mm -hmm. interaction, like, at a store, and 
it's fucking not going well. Use your white coupon and be mm-hmm. like, let's speak to a manager and get this figured out. Like, interject. Like, I, that's your power right there. Use it. You, so I did that. Um, I did that once at uh, Ingalls, our local supermarket. It was with my husband, but they were following. He was being followed around. Um, he was being followed around the store, and I like went to the manager by one of these fucking old ass white security guards, which they have at mm. every single one of these stores. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Ingles. That's what I have to say. But and I just said like, do you realize this? Do you know that this is happening? I actually, and then last year, like we had an incident at the tag office, and they had banned my husband from the tag office. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and he's. I, I feel like it's relevant to mention he's he's black and Puerto Rican, which also too like. I don't use that. Like, I'm so tired of white people who are like, my, you know, my partner is black or my children are black. Like, that doesn't make you not racist. Like, I still have problems even though, you know, and I mean, I feel like it's been very enlightened. I've seen things that I never would have seen before if I wasn't, like, walking in my life alongside a person of color all the time. But, yeah, and the tag office, I said something to them, though, and I was like, maybe if the diversity of, like, maybe if your staff reflected the diversity of our population. And then I was there yesterday, and they had two black employees. I don't know if it's in any way related. But maybe I can. You can change you want to see in the world. Maybe I can my way into it. But, (laughs) like, I will be, but then, yeah, so I've done, I've tried, like, in some instances, but then there's a mil, like, for those two, there are a million more. And that's oh, my yeah. hu- and that's my husband, too. Like, so I'm also, like, defending my husband yeah, versus, sure. like, a random person yeah. on the street. So, yeah, white coupons. I love that. Yeah. And you can also, she, you can also go to her um, Done for DD White Labor Collective on uh, Facebook and you can support her directly. Nice. <laughs> it was it's it's a it's a great article I saw. So, <laughs> I uh, I like this quote. There's this woman called named Rachel Carvel who is doing um, any relation to James Carvel? No, not Carvel. Oh, Carvel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she does a lecture called Unpacking White Feminism and. She says, if the goal of your feminism is to get equal power with white men, you're going to have to oppress a bunch of people. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she said that um, knowledge plus empathy plus action um, is what matters. Otherwise, you're just performing. So yes. I think like mm-hmm. and, and I mean, I think I'm probably guilty of of the performing. Too. Oh, I think I am, too. And, like, Definitely. The people who are, quote unquote, like woke or, you know, yes. maybe understand people who understand concepts of white privilege like we might be there but we might not really like are and what I are we really, doing about it yeah am yeah. i really doing something yeah. about it you know i mean not as much as i could be exactly that's for yeah. sure same um i've been trying i try to have the tough conversations you know it's like led to those naturally within my family obviously with my my marriage and stuff like that and i remember me just talking to my grandma. Oh, because like not being believed is a big problem. Like we don't have to, um, which happens to women. So I think we can relate to that when we say something's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wasn't believing like the instances of racism uh, that I was telling her. Yeah. And I remember my mom was just like, are you going to keep so, like saying this to Grammy? And I was like, yes, I'm going to continue to have these conversations because it's, because she understands, and honestly, she's come a long way. Yeah, even though Grammy's old, she can still she, fucking open her eyes and learn. learn. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, she had, she had a friend who was like, 
said something about it being wrong for us to get married. But then her little way, what she did, this is this is like her strategy. She like sent them a picture from our wedding. Oh, just to say like look I'm at our, proud. Look at the beautiful couple. Yeah, yeah, I'm proud of my granddaughter, which is cool. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Grammy. I love that. But you know, this is all new stuff to, and and I didn't even know. I never heard. Thankfully, like my family wasn't saying like I never heard people throwing around like racial epithets or anything yeah. when I was a kid. Um, but being in this relationship definitely taught me about things that I hadn't thought about before. Right. I mean, she lives in an all-white town. The town that my mom is from and that she lives in is like, I looked it up one time, it's like 0.003% black. I'm like, what does that wow. mean? It's like one black person that yeah. lives with like three or 4,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we can do that. I think um, another big problem is centering when white women make it about them or mm-hmm. like white tears mm-hmm. because I think when we hear people white people tend to get defensive oh yeah <laughs> oh for sure well and that ha- that's a structure that maintains your power right? yeah yeah so one of the things that you can do is just listen mm-hmm. and believe people when they tell you you know that something you could just say Wow, I didn't think of it that way, but I see it all the time on Facebook and stuff where people will just be arguing. I'm in this one Facebook group, and it's like after all this time, the white women still haven't learned, my God, because they'll post things about, like, when white women do this or whatever, and then they're like, why do you always have to say stuff about white women? Blah, 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 what about white men? Yeah, and they're always like, like oh, why do you God. make it about race? Because everything is about race. Right, because <laughs> because white supremacy is the foundation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, I've been listening to this really good podcast that I would recommend. I don't, his voice kind of, bo- I don't know, I'm a little it's particular a kind of it. It's a little journey, but okay. um, it's called, but it's called Scene on Radio with a, like, scene of S-C-E-N-E, and the first season is Seeing Whiteness, and the second season is is Men, so it's about. I still have to listen to that. I have it so, on my queue. But it's like, for anyone who doesn't understand that from the beginning and it, and that continuing to this day there's like this notion of like we're past that the civil rights movement happened it's like no no yeah no it's no, pretty we're clear it. especially with trump it's just this thing that we think has been lying dormant and it's just feeding off all the hatred that we don't talk about mm-hmm. and that we ignore and then here you go here's and he's just your leader. It up. He's just taking oh, what yeah. is already there and letting what I mean. I think Obama scared white people scared into the being shit out of Yeah, them. they're like, oh, we're losing our power. I get. I don't know. I mean, because I'm just like, what are these white people so afraid of? You know, I actually just got into it with like a white liberal on Facebook recently about it because he's like, what's up? You know, I don't know. And I was like, are you just afraid that people are going? that the oppressed are going to start behaving like the oppressors have. Like, is that what you're, you know? Because then, yeah, you should, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that would be something that You would should be, be scared, then. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's no evidence that that is what's happening at all. Right. And it's just, it's all jacked up. I think people just don't want to, like, struggle to survive. Like, they just want to be treated equally. Right. And it's been, you know, they act like after Michael Brown, 
there have been, you know, like, oh, now there's a, a race, you know, all these increased racial tensions. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we're just talking about it. We're seeing it. Now we have all these videos. Now it's out in the open. And they don't give a fuck. Like, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter. We clearly, like, I don't understand necessarily the push for body cams. Mm-hmm. Because, like, we have the footage. We over and over and over and over and again. You would think that would that would seal the deal. That would be enough. It's not. It never is. We've had our own incidents. There's a man gasping here. for life and air and just gets killed on camera. And then people will be like, "Oh, he did that. Like he was selling Lucy's. Oh That's illegal." I mean, it's absurd, and it just shows you that like we don't. We really and like Black Lives Matters because we don't value black life Mm -hmm. in this country and we haven't from the beginning and Mm -hmm. people don't want to reckon with that because when you because it because the lie like we've been we've been built on a foundation of lies yep you know i mean women women weren't included at the beginning either um but then white women were like we'd rather have the right to vote you know than bringing all of us together the only way we're going to do it is if we all do it Mm -hmm. together so so I would say, you know, we have to definitely, you know, just just be a good listener and stop. Oh, whenever black women say anything too, they're perceived as so aggressive. Like right. that's the the angry black woman. I mean, I think that's what happened to Kamala Harris. I mean, I I feel like she was just bold, and I she's not. I'm not with her on policy, Same. but if she were. If she were a white man and probably even a white woman, people would not have responded to her mm-hmm. that they the way that they did. I agree. Yeah. And um, now and now look, we started out with such a diverse field, and yeah. we we're like, oh yay! I really think that after this whole the whole Super Bowl performance, oh my god, that was fucking racism. Uh, yeah, that was insane. I mean, it was racism and were... sexism again yes. because they're so they are intertwined. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, they were attacking. I mean, no one was saying that shit about Lady Gaga. No one was saying that shit about Adam Levine. Ugh, no, yes. I remember. And those shirtless pictures of him are just gross. Yeah. Ugh. It looks like somebody just, like, drew. It's very. His yeah, it's are like not permanent good. marker. Yeah. I'm like, are these real? Yeah. Um, I don't know. So. Not about that. <laughs> yeah, we got to stop. We got to stop with that. And so if you're getting caught, like, don't. Yeah, you can't expect. Um, because you, and also you can learn all this information too. Like we got to stop expecting people of color to like teach Explain us. Explain it to us. Right. Yeah. You, you have the fucking internet. You have your phones. Like read, read some books on it. Yeah. Read articles. Like you need to take responsibility for it. Oh, I like that. It's not enough to be, to not be racist. You have to be anti-racist. And, um, I think you just have to be uncomfortable cause it, it is. Cause it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Imagine someone... But imagine how uncomfortable it is to be a person who's a Exactly. Experiencing this every day. In every facet. But the, the moment you ask a white person to think about race, they just, like, automatically know. Because it's too uncomfortable for them. But, like, sorry. Or, fucking or why do we have... You hear them, like, why do we always have to talk about this, you yeah. know? Well, we have to. Becky. Yeah. <laughs> it's always going to be a part of it. And also, like, passing the mic, like, putting... Yes. You know, because that, I mean, that was actually really cool that the, I'm glad that the women's movement actually made, like, was making a real change, but then, of course, then it gets divided again, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Like, the recent um, women's march, they didn't invite Black Lives Matter to the L.A. march. Really? They were just uninvited. 
Yeah. I mean, and why do they do shit like that? Like, how are we going to... I don't know. Oh, white splaining. I was... I th- I think I'm guilty of this one, too. Okay. Um, Like, when you... Yeah, like, we don't need to spend time explaining problems that people of color experience to them because they know. So... And I think on our show, right? Yeah. We... Yeah. Well, like, in looking back on our episodes, we were already, like, you know... We're just talking about issues that just directly affect us. And, like, researching, like, it's just white women, (laughs) you know? Right. That, yeah, that come up in our research. Mm -hmm. And I I read this book recently about podcasting, and they were saying, like, you have to Google. You have to Google uncomfortable terms. So we might need to start saying, like, black women in gynecology or mm-hmm. what you know whatever our topic is for that week we actually am gonna have to seek it out even when i make our instagram posts yeah i've tried to be conscious of like including not just white women right. in the images yeah but it's really hard because i use a lot of like gifs in our little audiograms and all of them are white people like yeah. it's so hard for me to find like even just inclusive images right you know but also again recognizing like we're not speaking for people who we aren't right that is true but we need to like at some point we would love to have guests so that is the passing the mic idea of in some episodes you know we've kind of glossed well i mean cuz it's almost like every single episode is, like, the disparity as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, scent of, yeah, scent of a woman. Like, those products are more heavily marketed towards black women. Mm-hmm. Um, we were saying in the hair episode. Right. Like, we, we didn't, didn't even address uh, women of color's hair. Right. Which is a totally different And, I mean, section. in that one, that's a, like, I feel like that's one, too, that, like, I, we can't talk about it right. in a certain way because we don't know anything and it's yeah. a, and it's a complex issue right you know that yeah but there are definitely different pressures that yeah that other women face that we don't mm-hmm. and I think maybe we just have to like own up to that more yeah um and do a better job of doing that and also yeah and just trying to incorporate our research and then obviously once we get the capacity to have guests and stuff we'll get there <laughs> right we'll get there um, once we get friends <laughs> Yeah. If there's a, and if there's anything that you're listening to or any resources that you want us to share, um, that will help us learn more or yeah. if, or if there's another if there's other podcasts um that we should be listening to, I feel like that that's important. But just in every facet that we go into too, I think we have to always make that be part of our lens. Um yeah. It's easy for us to get stuck in our our white world. Uh, yeah, for sure. Especially where we live, man. It's so white. Yeah. I, In my neighborhood, in the neighborhood plan I was reading, between 2010 and 2016, mm-hmm. the black population in my neighborhood went from 40% to 13%. Holy shit. In wow. six years. Who knows? It's, it's less now. That's, that's why we need to use and recognize our white privilege and fucking yeah. stand up when... If you think something's racist, it probably is. And you need to use your voice and say it. Right. Yeah. And I I always, like, fake give white people the benefit of the doubt. I'll be like, well, I don't know. Well, I mean, because instantly they just flip out. 
Like, if you try to tell a white exactly. person, yes. I, I still haven't figured out how I have that conversation. And I'm just like, well, it appears as if, can you understand how it might look like yeah. this is happening? Or Brian Stevenson says, like, proximity matters. And I feel like that's something that, first of all, if you're a white person and you've never gone into a situation, this is my recommendation, where you've been the only white person mm. or, or one of the very few white people I recommend that you find a way to do that. Yeah. And if you do that as a white person, you're not even in, like, you don't deal with any danger. Um, but you should have the experience just to understand what it's like yeah. to be, but I mean, that's still not going to tell you, obviously, what what those people are experiencing. But I think that... It gives you a taste. Yeah, I think we could get a hell of a lot more done. But just acknowledge it. It's like, you're not worse than, you know, like, it's okay to just say, like, I've benefited from these systems. I've perpetrated, you know, I've perpetuated these systems. And now I'm going to try to do better. Yeah. And every day I'm going to try to do better. And I'm still messing up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Share your feelings. Share your feelings. Yeah. S- sit in those feelings. Be uncomfortable with those feelings. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I like how you said that. That was like a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> um, and thanks to Bombay Gasoline for our theme music. We'll be back next week. Bye. What's mean something?